Welcome to the Alexandra Wenman Show. I am here with my very good friend and soul sister, Lorraine Flaherty. And Lorraine is an amazing transformational therapist. She's got a lot of tools in her toolkit and uh, one of her specialities being past lives, future lives and life between lives. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit to Lorraine today. Welcome, Laurie. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I just want to give our viewers a little bit of uh, your background. Can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and how you came to be doing what you do today? Because it's quite extraordinary. Well, but like most people's stories, it goes way back to the earliest years of, of being a seeker of knowledge right from the very beginning, uh, Irish Catholic background and really recognising that there were so many discrepancies in the things that I was being taught and so many things that didn't make sense. So really been looking for the truth of who we are and why we're here right from the beginning. And I was always aware of there being more to us than, than people talked about. And I was aware of spirits and I was very aware of, of I think, my own past lives from a, an early age. But as I'm sure you and many people have found, that a lot of my ideas got put down to being vivid imagination. But even though I was kind of still exploring fairly traditional life, so I ended up uh, becoming a hair and makeup artist in the early years and it was really important to me to work with people and I loved hearing people's stories and that was... Well, hair and makeup artists are like counsellors anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think I knew more about most people's lives than their friends did because it was safe to talk about it. And I really liked this idea of finding out more about who people were and, and helping them to see things from a different perspective. And I recognised that I was helping people change how they felt by how they looked. But there was still this sense, a, a search for something a bit deeper, something that could really help people to transform their lives. And so all the while that I was doing the, um, you know, this fairly traditional role, I constantly had my head in books and I was doing lots of courses and, and uh, you know, my nickname as I was, you know, growing up was usually weirdo because <laughs> I was always exploring something that was a bit out of the box. And whether it was magic or whether it was sort of esoteric knowledge and whether it was really early religions as well, which didn't really fit with my hairdressing background. So, you know, I was, I was seen as being a little old. Um, but it was just this knowing that there was something that I was meant to be doing. I, I felt like there was this absolute calling. And uh, spiritual circles, meditations, I, I kept feeling like I was getting close to, to what that thing was. And how did you dive in? What was the thing that, the kind of catalyst that made you kind of go, I need to be, you know, instead of kind of searching for these answers, what made you make the jump into helping people find their own answers? Well, over the years, I had had a few fairly close brushes with the, with the kind of you know, my immortality, really. So there were a few near-death experiences in, in different ways and a few uh, quite transcend, transcending experiences in, in meditation, sometimes accidental, so where I would find myself floating out of my body mm -hmm. and, and becoming aware of a, a sense of, of a kind of infinite nature and, and being one with everything. And, uh, and, and really connecting with beings that were kind of more than, than we were. And, and Can you share a, 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 one of those incidents with us? Can you give well, us any details? Sure, yeah. I mean, one of them was um, when I was, uh, I was part of a spiritual circle 
and every week I would go and, and you know, religiously <laughs> uh, try to, to go into a state of meditation and to connect with, the, you know, a higher power or, or, or you know, the, the, the world beyond. And uh, week after week of practice, of really trying hard to meditate and get to that space, it never happened. And then one week I was just exhausted. It had been a really busy week and I remember arriving at the class and thinking, I'm just going to give myself a break, I'm just going to rest. And so when we, we sat down and the, the, the person leading the group asked us to you know, just take some deep breaths and just to, to let go, um, I suddenly had this extraordinary sense of, of kind of shooting out of my body. And I was aware of my hands resting on, on my lap and it, it almost felt like I'd stretched, like I was elastic and I'd shot up through the, the, the heavens. And it was a little bit like being on the Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I could see stars and things shooting past me. And then I suddenly stopped in this place that was absolute pure nothingness, but everythingness, pure, pure peace, pure bliss. And there was a, a, an awareness of, of still my form and, and this connection, this, this sort of light connection to this body that was still on the earth plane. But I had a, a, an absolute sense of this infinite nature, this infinite experience. And it was probably the closest I think you could get to, to, to knowing God, because I felt like I was God. I felt like I was everything and, and yet nothing at the same time. And there were no worries, there were no, no real thoughts. It was absolutely beautiful. And uh, I remember thinking that I would be quite happy to stay there because it was so incredible. And then somewhere in, in, you know, down on the earth plane, I remember having a sense of the, the person running the class saying, it's time to come back. No, no. And no, no. <laughs> and then it was, it was like, like somebody snapped a rubber band and suddenly I was back in my body. And, uh, and then that also, the, the excitement of achieving that, it again, led me to try and get back to, to that place because I knew it was the true essence. It felt like the true essence of of who I really was. So everything that was going on on the earth plane it had a different kind of take to it, really, because I, I knew there was more. And so it, it really led me to, to question how can I get there? And, and not only how can I get there, but how can I share with other people this, this beauty, this mm. awareness? Because it made everything that, that we experienced in, in, the, uh, in our daily lives seem not mundane, but, but, but a bit more trivial. Mm. It, it, this higher perspective changed things for me. And eventually, when I kept searching and kept looking, you know, I eventually came to, to work with hypnosis. And it was a, a real revelation for me. It was like a, you know, one of those kind of angel epiphany moments because I realised that hypnosis was a tool that I could use to actually open up the, 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 the information stored in the subconscious that could actually get you to that place. And I've learned how to travel to that place now using um, the, the state of trance, using the state of hypnosis. So how did you first come across hypnosis? How did it come into your kind of sphere of influence, I suppose? Were you searching for it for a long time, for the thing that was the thing? <laughs> Absolutely. I, and I had been exploring meditation, which I knew was a really valuable tool. And I knew that through all the different religions and traditions, secret societies, esoteric societies, they'd all talked about accessing this state of uh, you know, inner awareness. And so I 
long believed that the answers to who we were was, mm. was stored inside of us, mm-hmm. but just wasn't sure how you got access to it, how you could find it. And I think I'd gone from meditation, all different forms of it, to guided visualizations, which again came close. And it was it was almost accidental. I think I was first hypnotized at a mind-body-spirit show when, when somebody grabbed me to do some work. And I was actually amazed at how easy it was to, to access that state. And even at that point, I don't think I'd realized that that was my tool. So I asked the universe for a sign when I was desperate to know what I was meant to be doing. And uh, I'm sure you've experienced this where signposts <laughs> turn up and they're so obvious. And for a period of about six weeks, everything that I picked up, everything I read about, every person I spoke to was talking about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, mm. and hypnosis. And so I went online to see if I could find some information, and there was a seven-day course coming up. And it was on day two of the course that we did hypnosis. And it, again, it, for me, it, was, it felt like the most natural thing in the world. And the first time that I worked on somebody on that course put her in hypnosis and asked her to go back and think of an event that, that may have caused a particular issue or a problem that she was having. And she went straight there and she relived it. And in the telling of the story, she, she cried, she, she released some emotions that were attached to it, but she came back with this absolute awareness of, wow, that's, that's why I've had a fear about this particular thing. And it was because I was a child and I don't need to have it anymore. And it was, it, it just made complete sense to me that this was how you could help people to heal. So it was in the, the, the moment when click, the minute you put someone in that state rather than you being put in that state. Absolutely. Wow. I'd experienced it myself in, in, uh, with, with various people and had got information but hadn't actually realised that it was the tool that I was supposed to use to help others. And I knew at that moment that that was exactly my path. Wowzers. And so... Can you explain a little bit just to, to our viewers how you work? I mean, obviously, I'm really familiar with how you work, and I think it's amazing. Just uh, what could people expect um, coming for a, a session with you and, and, and the tools in your toolkit and where you might take them, what, what they might experience for themselves? Yes, yeah, so I, because I teach clinical hypnosis, as you know, to, to medical students, and still to this day, many people, because of the stage hypnosis and because of the, the, the impressions that people have about it, people are still a little bit afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm really clear that hypnosis is just a focused state of attention. There's nothing otherworldly, there's nothing mystical, I wish there was, but there <laughs> really isn't. It's, it's very grounded. And it's, it's just a means by which people can go in and access data uh, that's stored at the back of their mind. And I, I often think of myself as being a bit like a computer programmer. So it's as though we're looking for the glitches in the programs. We're looking for the files that have been corrupted that aren't serving people in the right way. And by asking the right questions, when somebody's in that very focused state, they're able to go in and then unlock the, the data. So I guide people into a really safe place and into a really comfortable state of just focused attention. And then they will go back and recall the events that have led to particular issues. And whether that's from their current life childhood, whether it's information that's been passed down through their ancestors and that has been embedded effectively in their DNA, or whether it's other lifetimes, they're able to go in and actually relive these experiences and to connect with these parts of themselves that have been holding fears, holding limitations, holding beliefs that, that hold them back. 
And by understanding where they came from, we can help to unravel it. And particularly if there's any unfinished business, uh, we know that at the moment there's a, a lot of balancing going on on the planet. There's a lot of karma that is, is coming back that is, is really demanding attention, demanding that it be, it be resolved. And so this is an incredible way of, of people getting in and, and, and healing, finding means by which they can genuinely and, and, and really authentically find forgiveness and, uh, and, and let go of some of the things that have been holding them back. And for me, the only way we can truly forgive is to understand why something happened, mm. to, to understand the source or the origin of it. And in the explorations that I take people on, they start to learn more about not just who they are, but also the people that are in their lives, the people that are in their world. And, and when we understand why somebody has been you know, challenging or, or creating adversity uh, for us, and we realise that on a soul level this was something that we had agreed to, that we had asked for because we wanted to evolve and grow as souls, it's hugely empowering because people step out of being a victim and they step back into being the, the, the sort of the, the writer, the director of their own story, their own script. And there's a, a huge sense of freedom, which is, as you know, what my work is all about. So, you know, I've, I've kind of packaged what I, what I do as, as, as being called inner freedom therapy. So that it's about people releasing what's keeping them stuck. Yeah, very effective. And I, I just want to, um, can you share with, uh, with the people watching some of the, uh, the mm. extraordinary experiences people have had with past lives? Because, uh, you know, as you might imagine, many people have had past life memory, you know, on this earth plane. And yeah. you've had some historical facts come up as well, haven't you, to support it? But there's, there's a broader picture to it as well, isn't there? I'll let you, I'll let you explain. <laughs> yeah, so again, a lot of the times people are convinced that they're making these stories up, that the information that they're getting may be something that they've read in a book or that they've seen it on TV, because we have so much data and so much information nowadays at our, our fingertips. But the lifetimes that my clients go into, I've, I've had no Napoleons, there have been no Cleopatras, there, have been, there hasn't been anybody particularly famous, but what has happened is that they've often tapped into lifetimes of people that did make a difference. So when we've gone and researched on the internet, we have been able to find data about these people, and oh, it's just incredible how accurate the information is. In fact, in, in you know, 17 years of officially doing this work now, I've never once had somebody get information in a session that, we've, that has been discredited after we've done the work. Wow. The, the time periods, the, the information about what's going on in the world at that time always matches completely. And it's, um, it's just fascinating, the, the links and parallels that the experiences that they have in those lives have on the current life. So one particular client had um, had come because he was, uh, you know, very immersed in his work in this lifetime, and he'd been working as a uh, for the fire services, but as a paramedic, and it was you know when they had to go in and cut people out, so it was quite a, a, a sort of specialised area. And he, again, wasn't particularly a believer about past lives, mm -hmm. but I think somebody thought this is a gift for him, and he wanted to know. You know why was he so passionate about it and, and why was this it sometimes took over a little bit and he went back to a lifetime that was in you know early back as far as sort of seven eight hundred and he found himself as a, 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 a doctor as a, a medic back then at that time and somebody who was incredibly passionate was totally obsessed with his work 
and he'd specialised in working with, um, with with working with brains and releasing pressure, boring holes oh, into God. brains to uh, to alleviate um, problems. And I'd had this obsession with with sterilising, with washing his hands and boiling everything that he worked with. And everybody else thought this was ridiculous. They 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 saw no purpose to this. And he he wrote reams and reams of books on his studies and, and studying um, bodies when when they passed. And he died feeling as though he hadn't finished, that he hadn't completed his work. And, uh, and there was a, a great frustration that, that he had at the end of his life, uh, uh, needing to know more. And when I asked if he could tell me names or any information, he said, oh, my name's Paul. And, and that just seemed so wrong to him for that period. And then he said, and, and name's Agrippa or Agamemnon, but it's not that, but it's something like that. And later on a few, few days after the session he came back to me and he was completely blown away because he had found that there had been somebody called paul of aegeus who had been around at that exact period of time and he had written copious works wow. all based on his studies in the in the medical field and the specialist area of the the brain releases and the and the, you know this was, he was one of the first people that was aware of germs and actually keeping everything clean and and so data like that wow. you know, it can't really come from you can't make up that level, level, of, detail, up level of detail so he was blown yeah. away wow yeah amazing and and uh just for our viewers, have you have you had? I mean, I know you have, but just for if you could if you could talk about this, have you had people experience lifetimes not of this planet? <laughs> yes. For the sci-fi buffs out there and the star seeds. Yeah, it's becoming more and more common. I think as we're evolving, as we're developing as a species, and people are becoming more aware of, of these other aspects. Uh, the, the first time I had a client who went through a very mundane life, which is unusual for nothing to happen, until he uh, he'd been a pilot in the in the war and he came back and he got a job as a bus driver, and both of us were thinking, well, this is a bit dull, yeah. until there was suddenly a flash and then it, it, his life ended, and uh, so I got him to slow things down and we we ran back through it and actually it turned out he had been this was with an abduction he'd actually been taken up to a to a, a, a spaceship where they had been doing some, some testing. And, uh, and when we were in the session, I got him to ask if there was a particular reason why the, the, you know, these, these ETs had taken him. And they said, yeah, in another lifetime, he was one of us. And, and so he was then able to jump to the lifetime where he had actually been part of their, it was a kind of ancestral thing. And so he was a starseed that was here now. That was bringing in, you know, the curiosity of, of this sort of, you know. Uh, and did that uh, awaken in him information about what, like, why he reincarnated into this onto this earth plane? Did it, he did he know his mission? Then? Yeah, absolutely. And what was really interesting was that he was also shown in the same session that he had had a very um, important lifetime. He had been uh, involved in the building of the pyramids as well. And involved in in bringing specific. We might have known him. We may have known him. Bringing specific uh, uh, information about how to use the energy of the pyramids. So he was he was you know linked in with the architects, and so he got some information about what the pyramids really are. Not that they were a tomb, but you know how they were used for generating frequencies and energies. And and so there was this kind of lineage that that he'd had. And of course, it was. Um, you know, it, it kind of rocked his world a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't what he was expecting, 
but there was so much of it that resonated with him and, and thoughts that he'd had and ideas that he'd been having, dreams that he'd been having, then all suddenly started to make sense. Wowzers. And, uh, and something that, uh, that I'd like to share with our viewers is that you can also have shared past life memory. And uh, Lorraine and I are a great example of this. Uh, when uh, I started having uh, lots of my memories start to resurface, just like regular memory, I mean, I've, I've had hypnosis, I've had regression with other people and with Lorraine, and she is definitely one of the best I've ever worked with. But in, in my opening up of my consciousness, I've just had past life memories start to surface. One of the one of the past life memories that I had was uh, as a as a galactic being, as a being from another another realm, another planet, and uh, I could feel myself and see myself as this eight foot tall, very bubblegum pink looking ethereal being, and I could actually feel my personality as her as well. And uh, around the time my healing system, Precious Wisdom, started coming through, I was in Glastonbury in the UK, and I had a vision. I was meditating. The night before I was uh, given the, the channeled attunement for Precious Wisdom, I was doing a meditation and I was visited by a galactic guide. And this guide appeared to me very similarly to how I saw myself as this big pink galactic being, also a feminine energy. And this guide sort of came in and she looked identical to how I looked as this being, only that she was more of a sort of a, a lemony peachy, a beautiful peach kind of a colour. But it was the most incredible thing I've experienced because as this energy came in, in my vision I looked at her and I knew instantly that this was my twin sister. And I burst into tears in the meditation because I suddenly remembered her and it was like uh, we'd been reconnected. And the energy, it felt very similar to, uh, I, I have sisters in this life, so I knew the energy of sister. I knew it wasn't one of my sisters from this lifetime. I knew implicitly that this was a twin sister. I knew her name, I, and I, I'm not gonna share it on here, but I knew her name, I knew details about her, and all this memory came flooding back. Now, when I was given Precious Wisdom, the, the, the healing system, I was channeling a lot of information at the time, and I was told by my guides that I had to take the symbols of Precious Wisdom back to, ancient, back to Egypt. And I had all this ancient Egyptian memory flooding in as well uh, from the earth plane. And when I got to Egypt, uh, Lorraine and I had met. We'd met uh, through a friend of ours, Stuart Pierce, through a meditation group. But we hadn't had an opportunity to properly connect and properly meet each other. And um, when I got to Egypt, I, I began the work of kind of anchoring the symbols in, in each of the temples, as I was told to do. And uh, I'm going to hand over to Lorraine, because she tells this part of the story really well, actually, because we, we ended up working very synchronistically. So I'll get Laurie to fill you in on this part. Yes, yeah, so uh, again, I think an important part to mention is that this was December uh, 2012. 2012. And so this was a, a very important time, I think, in, in the sort of spiritual development of, of most people because we were aware that it was the end of a cycle, a huge cycle, the procession of the equinox. So huge changes that were happening. It was the ending of, of one section of the Mayan calendar, which we know wasn't the end of the world, but it was a shift to a, another level. And so I was very aware that I had to be somewhere significant at that point. And all information you know, that I was getting was that I had to be in Egypt. And so, it, again, synchronistically, Stuart was running this retreat, so I knew I had to be there. And before I went, I had been given a, a, a new 
clearing system. I'd been, it was like a, a channeled message and I'd been, I'd been given this technique that I needed to do that was about clearing stuck energy and, and blocked energy. Again, it's a huge part of the work that I do. We, we kind of joke that I'm like the hoover. <laughs> and so I, I arrived in Egypt and, uh, and, and again, Al and I hadn't really spoken to each other Properly felt yet. an incredible like yeah we felt okay I need to talk to this woman <laughs> but we arrived on the first night at Karnak temple and even though I've been to Egypt many times it was the first time to do a, a trip in, in this this part of it and I'm not an emotional person I'm, I'm not a, you know I'm not a I'm not a weeper uh, so it came as a huge shock to me to walk into the Karnak temple and suddenly find myself in floods of tears I mean absolute howling uh, uh, overflowing tears I was very grateful for the long hair because I thought the women on the trip were or the people on the trip were going to think I was crazy so I, I hid under my hair and I, I was aware of just this overwhelming sense of, of, of anger at the misuse of the, the space of the energy of the distortions of, of the, the, the truth of, of what these temples really represented and a little voice in the back of my head once the tears had subsided had said this might be a good place to, to use this technique that you've just been given. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that, that kind of makes sense. So I stopped and I tuned in and I, I went through the process of this, uh, this clearing and, uh, and, 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 I, and I felt this energy lift. It felt like very stagnant energy. And as it lifted, I was suddenly aware of this really beautiful light, and, and, and beautiful loving energy that came in and I thought wow I thought this was a side effect of the or, you know, the work that I'd just done even though it wasn't a piece that, that, that I'd been shown and so I was very pleased with myself and uh, it was only the next day when we were sat by the pool and I was recounting this tale of, of you know this strange experience that we'd had and Al said to me, oh, exactly where in the Karnak Temple were you when that happened? And it transpired that we had been in exactly the, the, the same place at the same moment when Al was uh, suddenly aware that it was time for her to bring in her piece. Yeah, I was uh, walking through the, the Hippostyle Hall and, and, and I'd been told, yes, go and do this attunement because precious wisdom is a, it's a healing, it's an attunement. And it also works as a kind of a, a geomancy, a healing for the planet, a healing for the earth. It uh, kind of aligns everything back to its divine blueprint. So I'm waiting to do this for the right moment to do this. I'm like, I've got my tools, I've got my attunement, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm waiting. And I just intuitively was waiting for the right moment. And I'm walking around and I'm going, is it now? And I'm kind of going, not yet. Is it now? And suddenly... I felt the energy in the space just lift like a sweeping kind of and the the energy just completely lifted and I was like and I suddenly knew now do it now so I did my my attunement and I, and I brought in and precious wisdom is like this the way I experience it is this incredible golden loving energy and uh, it's it's the universal golden ray and uh, and whatever that is <laughs> unconditional love really and I, so I brought in the, the, uh, the precious wisdom and felt it fill the space. And, and yeah, again, it wasn't until we reconnected we, we and we're having this conversation by the pool the next day that we realized we'd been working in tandem. And this was at the very beginning of a 10-day retreat. So for the next 10 days leading up to the 21st of December 2012, Lorraine and I 
I'm sorry, Stuart, we don't know what your <laughs> retreat was about. We had our own mission. So we were going into every temple, clearing and realigning through the whole 10 days. And then we got to uh, the 21st of the 12th, the actual day of this, uh, this end of the Mayan calendar, this alignment of all the planets. And we were doing our thing in the, uh, the temple of Luxor. And as we got closer and closer to the, the, the temple of Luxor is built on a human chakra system. So we were processing along towards the heart chakra. And both of the systems we've been given work very much through the heart and through love energy, through unconditional divine connection through the heart. And as we're walking towards the uh, the heart chakra, and, and can I just say, walking in this procession that felt like we had done it many many, many times, times before, before. <laughs> it was a very strange past sensation. Life yeah. Memory, definitely. And we had many of these past life memories Flashes. in all the temples, didn't we? And uh, as I was walking, I felt this galactic guide, who was my twin sister, with me, and I could I could actually see her. And so we get to the heart chakra. And I, this guide appears before me, this beautiful peachy, lemony, galactic being, and she says, don't worry, my sister, because I'm obviously sobbing my heart out, you know, for no reason, or for a reason that I have no idea, you know, you're just so moved in these energies. And uh, crying my little heart out, and I hear this, don't worry, my sister, I'm with you. And she looks at Lorraine, <laughs> and I have this moment of looking in Laurie's eyes and going, oh, it's you! <laughs> and it was like, it was like a scene from a film. It was like all worlds just con converged. And one thing I noticed was that we have identical color eyes. And I looked at her and I thought, it's you. And I said, and I'd been telling her about this guide. And I was like, um, I know it's you. And, and she burst into tears because she realized, oh my God, I know it's me. I don't know how I know it's me, but I know it's me. And at that moment we embraced and I looked behind her and we talk about signs in the physical all the time. And just written in chalk on one of the ancient pillars behind us were the words, I love you or I heart you in chalk. And it was this just this moment of absolute shared, shared past life, shared past life memory, shared recognition. And a lot of the work we do now in, in the 3D world, in this world, very much complements. So, you know, we work very similarly. We both work with the Akashic Records. We look at the soul record, past lives. We both have energy healing. We both are quite shamanic. We can do a bit of psychic surgery, pull stuff out. We work in different ways, but we very much cover the whole multi-dimensional realm of the spectrum so to speak. Yeah. So, But Lorraine, I also want to tell you guys, Lorraine has an amazing book uh, and it, I'm going I'm to get Laurie to introduce, to talk about her book. So it's, it's, it talks about past lives, but it's much more besides and it's a, a phenomenal work really. Yeah, thank you. Well, and it came about because so many extraordinary stories of the transformations that, that people had in their lives and I kept finding myself telling people about them. And so I really wanted to try and get that information to a, a bigger audience. And so it's, it is very much, a, you know, I'm Irish anyway, so storytelling is in my blood. So it's, it's, it's woven in through the, the metaphor of the Wizard of Oz as a, a metaphor for the soul's journey, but it's also just sharing the experiences that people have had and, and some of my own uh, stories and journeys. And it's, it's called Healing with Past Life Therapy, Transformational Journeys Through Time and Space, but it, as you said, it really does cover uh, so much information about who we really are, why we're here, 
and how we can start to learn more about this multi-dimensional level of self and there's lots of exercises in there as well as, as people start to unravel the, the, the story of their life and, and who they perceive themselves to be and, and then expounding or expanding those boundaries so that they yeah, start to be aware of, of so many more levels and then life starts to make sense. And, and for people who want to work with Lorraine as well, how can they get in touch with you, Laurie? Uh, so through my website, which is uh, LorraineFlaherty.com, or you can go in through innerjourneys.co.uk, and uh, there's plenty of information on there about, uh, about what, can be, what can be experienced and what people can explore. Brilliant, and uh, please check in for any retreats and workshops that Lorraine might be running, uh, talks, and we're going to be doing a few retreats and, and workshops together, aren't we? Yeah. So just it's called keep, Get Over It. It's, yeah, we call it Get Over It. We don't like to muck about. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, my darling, oh, for, for being with me here today on the Alexandra Wenman Show. I like the sound of that, <laughs> for some reason. Um, and, uh, yes, and join me again next time. Thank you so much.